All right, everybody. Hey, it's Big Daddy, and we have another Big Daddy and Friends fun chat, storytelling, and laughing, and all these other great things that come come about when someone comes on my show. And I'm honored and privileged to have not only a client of mine, a dear friend, and another pioneer in the world of sports, Kate Ferrara. Welcome to Big Daddy and Friends. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No, no, thank you. So, uh, okay, just so we'll tell a little bit of our background and whatnot, then we'll get into um, who Kate Ferrara is. So, uh, Kate and I have, uh, we've been friends now, I'd say about three years now, I would say. We know each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had the good fortune of uh, doing business together and hanging out and meeting people and meeting some of your clients and you meeting some of my my big daddy world, which is always mm-hmm. spinning all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, let's tell the uh, listeners and viewers a little bit about you. And, uh, you know, you're a, a lawyer, you're mm-hmm. a sports agent. How, let's start from the beginning. What got you into loving legal and uh, the agent world? Well, I think those are two very different worlds. Yeah, they are two different. (laughs) And I would say I love the sports side. Legal is a means to an end, I would say. It's a, I think it's necessary. I think it's important, but um, my passion really lies on the sports side. Um. I was an athlete in high school, went and played Division I soccer at the University of Akron, so always really into sports. Um, my father's an attorney, so I grew up um, in the lawyer lifestyle, as I you know like to call it, and by that I mean I really admired him because he was, he's my best friend, but, and more than that, he was at every single game, every practice, every event I ever had, always on the phone. Um, so, but it showed me that you could do this career full time, but anywhere you wanted, um, as long as you have your phone, your laptop, and, um, all you really need. So I thought if I could merge the two, I could travel for my clients. I can go to games, I can go to events, um, and really be there in person for my guys or girls. Um, and so that is kind of how the two merged. And, you know, I'm definitely familiar with that grind and, you know, being on the phone and being all over the place, obviously, mm-hmm. this past year with uh, COVID-19, things were a little bit different and the restrictions were very, uh, I say damaging because, mm-hmm. you know, it plays with your mind that I can't go to games, I can't go to practice, mm-hmm. I can't do anything. And for me, doing you know, I'm a lot older than you, so I've been doing this a long time, 30-something years now, and to not, all of a sudden, it just stops, and you have to, like, reinvent yourself and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of Zooms, phone calls, yeah. <laughs> emails, and, you know, it's uh, obviously, I think I wouldn't be a minority in this, in saying this, but two years ago, did I know what a Zoom was? <laughs> no. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, all of a sudden you learn by uh, by following everybody else's lead. Yeah. You know? So uh, def- uh, 
definitely challenging and a different uh, point in our careers and everyone's career and live livelihoods, you know? Mm-hmm. Very uh, much so. So you went to Akron for undergrad. Yes. Right? Yep. And then where did you go to law school? I went to Akron as well. Oh, so, okay. You, you double yep. uh, got <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so I graduated from Akron. I had my seat deposit down in Syracuse Law School. I'm from Syracuse. I uh, wanted to go back home, but was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go stay at Akron. So I stayed at Akron and did my JD MBA. Um, got my JD and my MBA in finance, uh, both at Akron, which was great because number one, it was free. Um, and number two, I was able to keep involved with the women's team. So, you know, I wasn't a coach, but I went to all the games and the practices and was still able to mentor the players. And, you know, I still had friends on the team. And so it was a, it was a nice role to play while, you know, all the stress and grind of law school, it was a, uh, it was a welcome distraction that I really enjoyed. Got it. Got it. I, uh, you know, there's always uh, admiration for people that take their career to the next level. Uh-huh. So now here you are, lawyer, mm-hmm. sports agent. Yes. You, and you're following your passion, your your uh, your goals, you're, uh-huh. you're, you're going after them, and Obviously, I've seen you at combines. I've seen you at Super Bowls. I've seen you at SPs. I've seen you all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. and I've been right there next to you at a couple of those things. So I know how hard you work and the time and effort that you put in because you're you're the younger generation that's now working its way up and building your uh, your future, mm-hmm. more clients, more notoriety and more knowledge all in the same breath does that make sense mm-hmm. it does yeah it's definitely a very uh, very hard industry to break into so it requires a a lot of work and like you said a lot of face time and so this year was tough and that you know you couldn't go and network and someone like myself who's up and coming um that those types of things are important and so this year was was difficult but like you said you just have to reinvent yourself and figure out ways to get a teams to answer your zoom instead of uh meet you down at the at a local restaurant or on the field or wherever was uh normal before that so what would you say to uh a young female college student that said i want to be the next kate ferrara how do i do it (laughs) well when i figure it out i will let them know (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, honestly, you have to have a passion for it. That's what I say. I mean, I think I think there's a perception of what an agent is and what a lawyer is, and I don't think it's usually accurate. Um, I work at a top 500, well, really top 100 law firm, um, and so the requirements, the time requirements are extensive. Um, there are some days where I work 18, 20-hour days just at the law firm, and then I have to, you know, do – sports side. And so it's definitely, you have to want to do it. Number one. Um, I would also say initially sports should be a side hustle or a passion project because it is incredibly expensive. Um, you know, there's all the upfront training costs, there's the travel, there's the taking care of the guys housing and, um, you know, starting their businesses for them, all of that we put up up front and it's not even money that you get back. It's an investment into their careers. And so, you have to have the capital to do it. 
um, even if you're at an agency, I think, you know, I don't work at a big agency. I work at a small agency. So, um, but from what I understand, every, all the agents still are mostly putting up their own capital. And so you have to have that. Um, so that would be uh, number two, first have passion, second, um, go get the funds to do it. Um, and then three, you know, just kind of remember why you did it. It's a very hard industry. I mean, I get told no 900% more than I'm told yes. And so I need to remind myself why I'm doing it, that I love it and to just keep going. I mean, I think eventually it's going to, uh, it's going to work out and it's going to be what I imagine it will be, but for now and for the past three years, it's been very difficult. So. Well, I, I know that you put in some long hours because we've had conversations uh, late into the evening. And, uh, you know, I always laugh. I go, wow, is she trying to be employee of the month? Or, you know, <laughs> she's putting in all these hours. And, Definitely not. Definitely. And, uh, I know, I know. But I'm just trying to make a joke of it. And, uh, <laughs> and I, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I, when I first got out of college, I used to be a runner for an agent. Hmm. And I worked for a very prominent agent, a guy named Ralph Sindridge, who's not in the mm-hmm. business any longer. And then, uh, actually, I started with hockey first. I worked for Tom and Steve Rich, who were mm-hmm. based out of uh, Pittsburgh and also L.A. And then I started working alongside with Ralph Sindridge. So I was working for two different groups. Mm-hmm. And that kind of taught me the... Uh, the grind because you know I went recruiting and and the funniest thing was on the football side I was pretty successful quickly so like the first two years I had gotten you know two guys that mm-hmm. had signed free agent deals back in the day are you looking but, at that? and I and you know in, in football it was kind of funny because I'm like man this is pretty easy and I'm making all this money and then all of a sudden. I went one year, I got nobody. And I'm like, wow, this isn't fun, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Then the fourth fourth year, I'm like, someone taught me about insurance and asked me to come work with them, and off I went. So, Mm -hmm. um, But I definitely, you know, know the recruiting and whining and dining, and you're basically, you know, you're working hard to gain someone's trust and respect and, and hoping mm-hmm. that they allow you to represent them. Well, I definitely, I definitely, definitely understand that grind, and I and I still to this day do because when you're insuring young college kids, ninety percent of them don't understand what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then they become a pro, and then you have all these people in their ear trying to, you know, I could do this, I could do this, and you don't need that, and this and that, and blah blah blah, and everyone's just trying to protect you know, their territory mm-hmm. and where we had crossroads, you know, my partner, Chris, mm-hmm. and I were, you know, we basically tell, look, we're a pizza shop. We make pizza. <laughs> we're not a diner. We're not trying to make cheeseburgers and, you know, right. hot dogs and all these other things. Everyone has a role to play. And when you're able to uh, delegate and separate all those groups of people that you need to be part of your team, those are mm-hmm. the most successful, you know, because they don't rely on one person. Mm-hmm. You, know, you rely on three or four people because you need professionals, just like you have a professional orthopedic for your knee, you have a dentist mm-hmm. for your teeth, you have an ear and nose and throat guy, and, and so on and so on and so on. But uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I definitely always have a respect for the agents and, you know, what they do and the hours they log. And, you know, some are successful and some aren't and, and some are big and some are small. You know, there's always you're always going to find a way to grow and uh, and get better. And you're definitely on the path because I know you work hard and you have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw that from the moment. You know, uh, I met you, so that's uh, you know, kudos to you because I know you're you're driven and you want to do a good job, and you also want to earn people's respect and and people uh, to understand that you're a professional and what you do when you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? I think uh, that's that's key. It's getting people to know and understand that you know what you're talking about, and then uh, getting people to give you the opportunity. I think. Um, players really have most of the power, right? They need to normalize uh, being represented by women and normalize being represented by smaller agents. And, you know, I, you know, the term smaller agent, I don't really like to use because I do think, like you said, everyone should have their own role, right? So as yeah. agents, we wear a lot of hats, um, but I like to think of us as the quarterback. We can delegate. So, I like the term stay in your lane. I know some some people don't like that, but I like that term because I know what I'm good at. I know I'm good at contract negotiation. I know I'm good at, I know the CBA front and back. I know I'm good at football. I don't know anything about insurance. I call you and Chris whenever I have questions on insurance and it's kind of the same thing, but you know, it does take a ton of time getting players to trust you and view you as a family member or a best friend or whatever they want to, whatever their trust level is, it's different for every player, but it's getting them to trust you when you say, I have a financial advisor I want you to meet with, or I have several financial advisors or I have insurance. And so, you know, that is, I think key is that getting the trust and then relying on you to know that you've put together the right team and the right circle of people to give them the best representation. But No, I know that's always, uh, you know, because most of these kids, they come out of school, they have no, you know, look, at 19 or 20, if you would have given me, you know, two or $3 million, I probably would have blew it and, and, and I had 100 best friends because we would have had fun and whatnot. So right. it's always, uh, you know, the financial literacy part is always very important. And, and guys have to understand, especially like I've had some football players, or they'll say, well, what do you think I should do? And look, you're on your first deal. You're you're playing for your next deal, mm-hmm. you know, because remember, NFL stands for not for long. Yep. And that's in all you know the four sports. I mean, obviously the other three besides football, uh, guaranteed contracts. So it's a little bit different. You know, those guys are on a different uh, tier and whatnot. But uh, I always tell guys, look, try to save as much as you can because you're playing for your next deal. When you get the next deal, that's usually the much bigger deal. And then you have the money to go and, you know, do this, this, and this. Don't go and put yourself uh, behind the eight ball trying to figure out, uh, wow, how am I going to pay for all this stuff now? Because, you know, I overindulged or, you know, I don't need, you know, four cars and three homes and, you know. No all, you know, the watches and, mm-hmm. and you know, all that fun stuff. And I, I've seen guys that, you know, when they're, they're not even drafted yet, then they're in the hole for two or 300000 It's know. one of my, uh, my biggest pet peeves, and I am trying adamantly for that reason to get rid of stipends. Um, I think they give the wrong message to these young guys. I mean, I think 
I think it's important for us as agents to pay for training and to pay for housing and so that they can focus on training for the NFL. But this idea of they need five, 10, 15, 20, a hundred thousand dollars to just spend in the three months that they're training for the biggest um, interview of their entire lives to me, is just asinine. And like you said, I mean, you're giving this type of money to most, some guys who are not financially literate. And so I don't think they do it on purpose, but they just don't know better. And it's cool to go out and spend money and go to the clubs and buy jewelry. And so I'm really trying to change that mold and to really encourage guys to change the culture, stop having it be cool, have it be cool that, you know, you ran a four, two and stayed in your uh, apartment or your house for three months and that you had money to get your mom a house, but you didn't buy four new cars. Like let that be the cool thing to do. And so you know, but it's not going to change with just one person. I mean, I hope I can I can start the start the ball rolling, but it's going to take, you know, it's going to take the industry to change their minds on and these young men's mind on what is cool and having money now versus twenty years from now. I mean, it's it's a it's definitely a cultural thing, which is one of the biggest reasons I got into this, and I adamantly want to change it. Yeah, it. You know, I think the biggest thing is uh, players ask. You know, all right, Big Daddy, so you're an insurance guy, but, you know, you do TV, you do this, you do this, you do this. How does that all come about? And I always say it's relationships. Mm-hmm. You always have to remember the little guy even before the big guy. Mm-hmm. Because when someone's the big guy, they're not always the big guy for long. Mm-hmm. The little guy is the one that works its way up and gets to become a big guy. Right. So, you know, um, Guys like our mutual friend, Mike Newsom. Mm-hmm. Mike and I know each other for, I think, close to 30 years now. And mm-hmm. I remember Mike as a kid being a Jets ball boy, you know. <laughs> and the guy that gave him his first opportunity is someone, you know, may rest in peace up there in heaven. His name is Bill Hampton. Um, mm-hmm. Bill introduced me to Mike. But when I first met Bill, I was in high school. And then Bill used to be an equipment manager for the Jets. Mm. Then he moved on to the NFL and the league offices. Then from there, he became a vice president of the Cleveland Browns. So that whole progression, um, I happen to be a part of, and I met so many people. I'm grateful and thankful for so many uh, introductions that Bill made and friends of Bill's that made intros, you know, hey, this is Big Daddy, this is what he does, you know, da 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 da, da. You know, I went to my first Pro Bowl with Bill Hampton. Um, mm-hmm. and then I ended up going to like 26 Pro Bowls after that, <laughs> or four, or whatever, however it was, how many mm-hmm. it was. So those are the things that I always uh, tell these players that you have a window to do two things. Mm-hmm. Play the greatest game in the world, get paid for it, and meet some incredible people. Yeah. And you have to take advantage of that, but do it in a way that people never forget who you are for being a good person, mm-hmm. not for being some idiot or jerk. Because mm-hmm. when football's over, you're going to be looking to do something, and you never know. That person may be the one that gives you that opportunity to do something. You know, I exactly. think that I think that's an important lesson that a lot of guys don't learn 
Mm-hmm. There's guys that, you know, once they know they have an opportunity, they know how to follow up with it, right. stay in touch with people, and, you know, caress or massage the situation until you get to where you need to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yep. I mean, relationships are everything. And like you said, you know, when they, unfortunately, especially football, when they have the jersey on their back is really when people care the most. And so it's important that when they're done and they take off that jersey, that people know who they are, not only how they, you know, how they were treated, but how they made them feel and how they treated them and the level of respect that they showed and their intelligence level and all of that is very, very, very important. So, you know, everything from, thank yous and following up. I mean, I remember we had a client um, who thanked a reporter after he got drafted. And now this reporter is very well known. He tweets everyone. Um, He's a huge help to us agents. Like we need to get some news out. He gets it out ASAP. Um, And our client sent him a thank you note. And I met, I met with him actually at your um, camp football camp a year later. And he said, Oh, you know, how's so-and-so doing? Um, I really appreciate it that he sent me a thank you note and that I helped him throughout his draft process. Was that your idea or his idea? Of course I said it was his idea, but I mean, even little things like that, just acknowledging people when they do things for you and not just thinking, Oh, I'm a future NFL player. You know, it's expected. People are supposed to do things for me. No, people don't owe you anything. So when they do things for you, you need to acknowledge it and you need to keep the relationship. And like you said, you never know. I mean, these guys are going to be 30 years old when they're done playing. I'm older than that now, and I still don't know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. So, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's important. They're gonna. Everyone needs to have a uh, succession plan and um, be able to create this generational wealth. But you know, it starts it starts now. It starts day one. So, yeah, I um, those are words that uh, people should take. You know, wa- uh, tape that and listen and put it in your head, you know, because I always say it's like you got to put one hand over the ear and whisper in the other ear so it stays inside and say, hey, think about this. Think about this because it's important and it will carry you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If, uh, again, if you know how to massage the, situ- the situation and take full advantage of an opportunity that most people don't get, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's the one thing. I think that's a formula for success, especially for ath- athletes, you know, because you can only play the sport so long and then, okay, what am I doing next? Mm-hmm. Well, other- while you're playing it, I mean, you have a platform that people would die for. I mean, that's the whole one of the reasons I got into the sports agency business because I knew I was never going to be the next Mia Ham or, you know, whoever the most well-known soccer player is now. I'm kind of dating myself. But as a <laughs> as a college and high school athlete, I mean, my peers looked up to me. The youth looked up to me. But once you are no longer playing and you're no longer an athlete that they, quote, unquote, look up to, you don't have the same influence. But these guys, these young men have incredible influence over so many people. And so if they take advantage of it and really make a name for themselves and their communities and their team while they're there – you know, you do that for one, two, even three years. God forbid you don't make it to your next contract. There's going to be dozens of people in your community wanting to help you, wanting to get you a job, wanting to see you successful off the field. So, you know, it's a, it's important. And I, I like to work with guys who realize that it's important and want to give back and want to change the culture and really impact their community. And so 
yeah, I think it's I think it's incredibly important. I mean, that's the thing. Me and my brother Jimmy, who you know, um, we give back to our hometown by having the football camp that we have every year. Mm-hmm. We we didn't have it last year, obviously, due to everything that was going on. But now, Mumret, we just got the okay to uh, okay. do it again, and mm-hmm. we're just trying to figure out schedules and uh, and then. You know, uh, myself, I have my own golf outing that, uh, you know, a who's who comes in for, and we raise mm-hmm. money for several different uh, charities and, and foundations. And, and it's important because, you know, I'm not a pro athlete, but I have a pretty good reach. Right. And, and uh, by asking all my friends to come and help and join in and, and do all those things, uh, you know, it, it's important because people are watching. You know, people right. see and, you know, it's funny. I stick out wherever I go no matter what I'm doing. So it's, you know, hey, either that guy's a bouncer or a security guy. Who is that guy? You know, and I get all the jokes and questions all the time. And, and I, you know, I take it all in stride. But I think it's important that, uh, you know, to give back and, and to recognize that there's people in need and there's charities that need help and money and, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story. You know, last year at the Combine, the Athletic uh, did a, a piece on me. And there's mm-hmm. something in there that you'll laugh because uh, when I did the interview, the uh, reporter said to me, so tell me, what do you think is important to you right now? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to see if you have the nerve or guts to write it, but I'll tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. I've survived a brain aneurysm, I've survived divorce, and I survived coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So God's not ready to take me yet. I have a purpose in life, and, I, mm-hmm. and that purpose is to help people, give back, mm-hmm. and live a, a healthier lifestyle, which I'm doing now every day. And um, mm-hmm. I think those are really the important things to me. Mm-hmm besides being the best person that I could be. That's great. You know, it's uh, something that I probably, you know, I got into a couple of years ago, but then obviously when you get put in situations, you look at things and you say, wow, I have to focus on this. I have to worry about this. I have to think about this. These are important things. You know, it's, it's, uh, I stress that to clients all the time and I stress it to, when I speak at schools or events or any of those things, mm-hmm. it's important to let people know who you are, what you're about, what your goals are, and what you inspire to do. And I inspire to educate people and, and help people, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, we're, I think we're very much aligned in that uh, aspect, which is why I think we connected originally and just continued to work together and try mm-hmm. to make an impact and a change and, just do good things for the people around us, our families, friends, and, you know, community as a whole. So Exactly. So uh, don't forget to mark your calendar. Yes, calendar is marked in ink. Monday. So I will, I, will, I will be at the golf tournament. We'll see if I take a couple lessons beforehand, but uh, most likely I'll be inside during the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of different uh, – things going on so uh, we're even having a women's empowerment luncheon during mm-hmm. the golf because you know there's that time frame where the guys go out to golf mm-hmm. or women go out and golf 
And then uh, we decided to add a little mix to it. Uh, so uh, that's if you don't want to get out on the course, you can go be a part of that. And uh, you know, you so we're we're going to offer everything to everybody and and have a great time doing it. So okay. and raising money at the same time. So this is a fun part of the show, mm-hmm. um, where I basically now I hand the mic over to you. So now you're the interviewer, and I'm the interviewee. So you get to ask me uh, whatever question you'd like. Feel free to ask away, and I will answer it to my the best of my ability. Hmm, that's a tough one. I'm uh, putting me on the spot here a little bit, but let's see. Question I want to know. Oh, before you start? Oh, yes. You cannot ask me how I got the nickname Big Daddy. <laughs> because that first 10 episodes and they said I said okay, no more no more well did you ever did you ever answer the question yes I did oh okay all right just checking um all right so question um what is the best memory you have at a sporting event well, I you know, it, I have to say I, I've been fortunate to be at some great, great events. And I've seen Super Bowls. I've seen Stanley Cup finals. Uh, but I have to say the one that really, really sticks with me the most has to be um, – 2007 when the Giants beat the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And the reason that whole year was magical. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they uh, they went on a winning streak to get into the playoffs, which I was at every game. Mm-hmm. And then um, to go to the you know then they won uh, three games on the road in the playoffs. They they won at Tampa, they won in Dallas, then they won the game in Green Bay, mm-hmm. and I was at all three of those games. And then we, uh, then the Giants end up going to the Super Bowl in Arizona against New England, mm-hmm. and I got to be there, and and then to be on the field after, and you know, be a part of that whole run, and um, you know, some of the past interviews that I've done on here, mm-hmm. I talk with OC Menor, and we talk about, you know, it was like being a part of the team because I went to so many games, and you know did this, did this, this, and then had the great fortune to do it again in 2011. I mean, you know, the, I, some people don't see their team even get to a Super Bowl. You know, as a kid, seeing the Giants get to five of them, mm-hmm. win four, lose one. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can't say that, but I was at two of those, and I happened to be on the field after the game for both of those. Wow. So, uh, 2007 being the first one was the, probably the most special moment in my life mm-hmm. because I didn't know if I was ever going to do that again. Right. And, you know, got to do it again. So uh, that, those were uh, special times and special moments. And, you know, mm-hmm. you develop relationships all the way down, all the way from ownership, all the way down to the equipment manager. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole team knew, hey, that's Big Daddy, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I was flying with Steve Tisch to, to games, uh-huh. and 
And then I'm in the owner's uh, box before the game. You know, there's a big tailgate they have. I was in the owner's section. Wow. You know, and I in one of the interviews, I tell the story how John Mara and I, the owner, one of the co-owners, we would shake hands before every game. So before that game, he came up to me and goes, oh, my God. He goes, there you are. And I go, I thought I was, like, in trouble or something. Right? I go, well, he goes, you know, we always shake hands before every game. And I was wondering if I was going to see you. And, you know, we did our thing. And, and then after the game, yeah, after the game, it was so funny. Uh, I said, you know what? You did it. I'll never forget, he said, he goes, we did it. I was like, that was probably one of the things that I'll never, ever forget. Mm -hmm. You know, that was amazing. uh, Yeah. So that's one uh, uh, something I'll never forget and I'll cherish forever. And uh, it was great. So, um, so I hope that answers your question. That was a good question. That was a good question. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so. Kate Ferrar, let's uh, tell all the listeners and viewers where they could find you, your social media. Let everybody know. <laughs> looking for an agent, give her a holler. Yes, if you're looking for an agent, I'll tell you where to find me. Otherwise, I'm uh, I'm usually behind the scenes, so that's where I like to stay. But um, if you are looking for an agent, uh, you can Google Dream Sports. Um, my personal Instagram is my first and last name, Kate Ferrara, number four, which is my soccer number. Um, and my Twitter is the same. So first and last name, number four. There you go. <laughs> Everyone's got that. And uh, let me say, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, obviously, I'm honored. I'm privileged to believe me that uh, I was so happy when you agreed to come on and do the interview. I, uh, I always want these interviews to be about my friends and people that I feel are special and have a place in in my life, whether it's business or personal. And it's important to share people's stories because a lot of these stories people don't hear. Mm -hmm. So it's great to share, uh, you know, you're you're an inspiration to a lot of people, women, and you're a success and you're on the way up. So uh, I applaud you and salute you at the same time. So thank you very much. Kate Ferrara, thank you for coming on Big Daddy and Friends. And uh, until next time, we'll see everybody soon and uh, have a great day. All right. Thank you. You got it. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm.